0: Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute.
1: There are a lot of things in common between business leaders and mountain climbers. In the same way as a mountain climber dares heights by precipitous paths, So the business leader needs to walk a fine line. So many things need to be balanced at the moral level and inside of themselves in order to do what they do and do it at the service of Christ. But there are principles to guide them. One of these principles is that everything that we do, we do for others. Our success means the success of everyone involved in the process. Welcome back to the Leadership Institute, everybody. I'm glad to be with you and to give you this uh, chance to reflect and to look deeply at what the church is teaching is on business. And I want to look especially at the vocation of the business leader with you. That's a document that the Vatican issued in 2011. And it gives us an amazing view of what it calls the six principles of business, And I really have to applaud this document in particular because I do a lot of reading of church materials, church documents, and most of the time they're written for bishops. (laughs) And we love bishops. Bishops are great. There's just not a lot of them, right? But they're written for theologians. They're written for people who already understand. This document was an effort the church's theologians and bishops made to actually address business leaders and say, look, we wanna give you a handbook, in short." of the philosophy behind how you should conduct your business as a follower of Jesus Christ. I think it's a marvelous thing and they actually do a good job at it too. And that's, that's an amazing achievement, right? And one of the greatest parts of this document is that it gives you these six principles. Number one, it's you're supposed to do your business and in order to make truly good things and truly good services. So do your business and do it well. Number two, Don't forget the poor and the opportunities you have to incorporate them into your business. Number three, remember the dignity of your workers that you're not just there to make things, but you're there to make the people who make the things, to help them so that their work becomes a genuinely human and beautiful experience. Fourth principle is that everything that you do for your people lends to their genuine advancement. And that everyone who works for you can excel and give their gifts to this world through your business. The fifth principle is an easy one. You are the steward of resources. And so it's good to generate profit and wealth from what you do, provided that you don't allow that wealth or that profit to be the only goal of the business. And then the sixth and final principle is to say that in fact, Businesses are just in the allocation of benefits to all the stakeholders, employees, customers, investors, suppliers, and the community. Now, this is a really beautiful principle in that it invites us to lift up our heads and look at the big picture about what we do. And I find that that's very refreshing because most of the time we stumble into workshops like this one at the leadership network. And we say to ourselves, like, all I've got to do is solve the problem of how I'm going to hire this key position or how do I, how do I get an edge in my competition or how do I keep my machines from breaking down and, and our, our noses are to the grindstone. And that's why we're successful. And we know it. The reason why great businesses succeed is usually because they have great leaders And great leaders require focus and energy at a high level of intensity. And so it creates a a type of focus in the person that can sometimes though suck you down to the point where you forget the bigger picture. You forget the wonderful things, not only that you do, but that you are doing. And you need to take a time to withdraw at least mentally for a few minutes and take in a different perspective of why you're doing what you're doing to begin with. When you look at our lives, we, we can analyze them in terms of hows, what's, and why's. Right. So if you just want to think philosophically for a second, and the what is what we do every day when we get up It's the focus of our activities. How is, is the way that we do those things, but the why is the bigger purpose that's generated by what we do. So if I go to work every day and I say, this is the purpose of my life, it's mistaken. It can seem like the purpose of my life, but in fact, my life is much bigger than this. The impact of my business is much bigger than the business itself. And the leader who follows Christ has to always keep his eyes on that bigger picture. And I would even say gets to keep their eyes on this bigger picture. That my business is actually a place where other people can thrive thanks to what we're doing. We generate hope. We generate healing. We generate wealth, which means the well-being of a society. And and so on the one hand, I know what you're saying. You're saying, okay, that's fine. I do keep that. But I want it to become really personal for you. Have you identified in terms, in, in real concrete terms, what that overarching purpose is for you? I think it's really important Because that overarching purpose is going to be where your faith and all that you know about Christ and your deep spirituality really resonates and comes home. I think in other words, like the dream that you possess inside that drives you tells me something of the quality of your relationship with God, because we're not doing what we're doing just in order to advance what we're doing. You're not, in other words, there only as the steward whose job it is to keep the thing going because we know it has value. You're also there as a disciple of God who has one lifetime in order to achieve an interior spiritual height of holiness. And holiness, it's a relationship with God. Well, that that space in your life, that space in your heart and in your mind where you touch that dream and you understand the really big picture of what you're trying to do, is also the place where you become the greatest of servants. I will serve in the the grime and in the dust and in the dirt of my spreadsheets and my plans and my HR problems and whatever else I'm doing. I will do that faithfully and I will do that diligently and I will never stop at it if in fact I'm possessed by the understanding that all of it has a purpose that goes beyond it. In the world, people will sometimes say this is the money that they're going to make or they make this a selfish type of thing. My purpose is to sell my business for millions of dollars and then live like a king in Patagonia, right? (laughs) But in fact, that's a really small purpose. And in fact, it's a really sad purpose because if you are in the end are the purpose of everything that you do and you're going to define yourself by material things, you're more of a beast than a human being. And I'm sorry to say that, but you've lost something of the real depth of what you're called to be. And that's the Christian difference, is that we do the same things that the people in the world do. We do the the, the same trajectory. I have to follow the laws of the business and focus and strategy and coordination and communication and all those things. But I do it with my heart possessed by such a beautiful vision of who I am and why I am. that, That everything that I do is in fact inhabited by a spirit and a drive to make sure that what I do is spread, is given and makes an impact for the the spiritual betterment of everyone around me. That's the source here of this sixth principle, the heart of the business leader to be just in the sense that everything that I do, I do in a real positive contribution to everyone else. And I do it in concrete, measurable terms. What an amazing
0: thing. I can't wait to dig into it more with you. Would you like to hear more from Father Nathan? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a two-minute glance at the gospel every Sunday morning right to your phone. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. We
1: who follow Christ in the business are following Christ as peoples of principle. We aren't just vaguely trying to interpret the gospel. There's actually different focal points that come to light that can really guide us, almost as as mile markers on the way or as as light posts, you know, that put light on the road and show us the path that we're supposed to drive forward. And in the vocation of the business leader, a document the Vatican created in 2011, the Vatican gives us six of these principles. The sixth one here is about how you distribute what you've done Justly. A lot of us struggle though because we say, what does that actually mean to be just? And what does the church really mean by it? Just do yourselves a favor. Always remember that church documents are written by philosophers and theologians, right? And sometimes philosophers and theologians aren't the best of teachers. So while we struggle with real basic concepts like what is justice, the guys who wrote the document, they're like, You know, justice is something that they've written a PhD thesis on, right? Like it's thousands of pages of reading that they've done on justice. So they throw these words out there. And a lot of times we feel a little bit lost because we say practically, what does that look like? That's why I really enjoy this document because in paragraph 55, it says, okay, this is what it means. I'm going to read it for you. It's actually just one sentence. It says, as creators of wealth and prosperity, businesses and their leaders must find ways to make a just distribution of this wealth to employees following the principle of the right to a just wage, customers, just prices, owners, just returns, suppliers, just prices, and the community, just tax payments. So there you go. (laughs) What does that mean concretely? Well, there it is. It means I've got five things I need to focus in on as a business leader number one do my employees earn a just wage you might be surprised to know this but when the bible lists four types or four categories of sin that cry out to god for vengeance you think oh my gosh these are the real bad ones and i agree right these these are the sins that cry out to god for vengeance one of those four in the bible that says cries out to god for vengeance is that an employer denies just wages to his employees. <laughs> and I'm like, one more, one more thing here that makes it risky to be a business leader is that you better pay your people a just wage. And so how is that determined? Of course, there's laws that determine the just minimum wage. There's all kinds of HR laws that say if this is what your job description says, you need to pay them accordingly. Well, do we follow that? Or do you just kind of wave that off, say, well, we're small. We don't need to do that. We know that the state says that the, this type of work really deserves this type of wager. You may not, in fact, pay the people. How many labor violations or, or payment violations for labor does your company commit willfully? And the smaller that you are, probably the higher that that goes. And, and that's, be careful. It's not, of course, the law that's our guide in an absolute sense, But it's at least a nice guideline as a place to start. Am I paying my people a just wage? Uh, When we look at it, of course, we we always feel as the employer that we can. But then there's those moments where you're kind of tempted to just kind of cut corners (laughs) and not do the right thing by your people. And it's a balance. And there's no one there to say when you're right and when you're wrong. But at least I can remember... That in fact, my employees have the right to a just wage. It's it's not a question of if, it's a must, right? And my customers have the right to just prices. So obviously that builds in a profit margin. But if I have a commodity that people need, like gasoline, like water, like food, and and I make that so pricey that I put a burden that can keep the people from it, well, then I've actually been unjust. I who possess the business have now used it to become a Lord that keeps the the people at bay. And I think here, sometimes some of you are involved in luxury services, involved in providing things that only an upper class of people can actually enjoy. And you do that on purpose because, hey, there's a business to be made there too, and et cetera. There's certainly not condemning luxury goods. There's actually a, a, a wonderful service you can provide to humanity by them. But here's an example. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, in fact, every now and then your business opened its services to the poor? And I've seen businesses do this. I've I've seen them open what they do normally for a niche market and voluntarily and willfully allow that to be given to those who otherwise would never be able to do it. It's a wonderful way to tithe in your business. And you have to become intentional about it. It's one whole day of service. Or one whole week where your entire team of people focuses on that. Or it's one hour that you do every week just for the sake of the poor. I'm thinking of doctors sometimes or dentists who will spend whole weeks in foreign countries out of their year every single year. And it's a focus and a choice that they make. That's an example. But all that being said, our prices always need to be just. It's just that that justice, it, it, there's a lot of, that depends on it. What we must never do is that the, pr- the people who are in this world depending on us should not find themselves excluded by our quest for profit. There's a, there's a, a principle that we have to obey that we who are, have been given goods and potential have to be just to make sure that people have access to them. The owners of the business also get just returns. This is a a, a neat third focal point for what it means that an owner gets a just return. And obviously the owner usually will take most of the risk. And especially in a smaller business is the one who's giving most of the investment. That can also be limited when, if you think about it, if you're just the owner of a large corporation that you've inherited and that you're running, is it really fair for you to be making the amount that you're making? Is your return actually just for the investment. There's an an ethical balance point that we need to hit. So I hope this is challenging you, right? Because a lot of times gets, we hide a little bit beside behind saying, okay, it's just, I guess I don't really know what that means. So let me go back to my business and just run the thing. And and I understand that, but here the church is getting very specific and saying, well, look, are your people being paid what they deserve? Are your customers do, are given access actually by the price point that you set? And then, Well, do the owners actually, are you making what you deserve back? This is a, this is a really hard thing because most of the time, especially if you're in a small business environment, you're not. I mean, take a software tech company, for example, you you could work for years before you actually can pay yourself a salary. And so we kind of get used to that, right? So we say, okay, so, but you have the right to adjust return. Now, obviously, that might be down the road a little bit, and we can understand that. And, but I also want to emphasize, just kind of to defend business owners a little bit, that that just return. hey, it also should take into account just how much sacrifice they've put in, how many years, the efforts, the nights, the difficulty... I mean, when you're leading something, you're carrying it for everyone else. And so there really should be a sense of justice that's commensurate with what you put into it. It goes on. Suppliers, they should also have just prices. So am I willing to pay the people who have supplied me with the goods and services? And that's, of course, where it gets, <laughs> gets a little bit dicey, right? Because you're like, if I can get that for just a little bit less, I can increase my profit margin just a little bit more, right? And there's the fine game that we're playing. How wonderful for the church to say, yeah, but for a Christian, if you're running that business, it's not just shaving everything off that you can from your suppliers. They also need to be making a profit. And sometimes you can do a lot of good by paying a penny more, two pennies more to a smaller business or maybe a more ethical business that in fact is trying to do something better for our world. If we all just go with the bottom line all the time, we might end up at the bottom. Well, that's, not, that, that's not where we want to be. How do we end up at the top in a beautiful way? And isn't it by also looking for those opportunities to say, you know what, supplier, you might be a little bit more. You might have that one little bit, but your business is something that's worth supporting and that I want to actually align myself with because together we have the same bigger purpose, which is to make this world a better place. And then finally, the last spot is Are we making just tax payments to support the community? And that's obviously a pretty hard one because like all of us are like, well, I hope, I mean like, you know, define just (laughs) because when it comes to paying taxes, we're all, this is one thing we really don't want to do. And the more that we distrust the government or whatever, the more that we're going to be like trying to not do that. What I can say is that obviously there's an intellectual uh, truth To saying how can i really put that money to the betterment of others but are we at minimal at least paying the taxes that are due and and there there's something a little bit of an examination of conscience is my tax return honest and you have the you have the obligation to do that if nothing else is the witness that we have to give that we are contributing through our taxes to the greater good of the community now From there, right? Are there ways we can work within the law and legally? Well, I think so. But remember the spirit of it. The spirit of it is that a just person makes sure that the business that is is profiting them actually is profiting the world and making their community a better place. And that spirit has to be there. Otherwise, there's something about what you're doing that's just ignoring that fundamental requirement and blessing of being a just
0: business leader. Would you like to start your Thursday mornings with a scriptural leadership lesson? Join the St. John Leadership Network, where Father Nathan hosts a 30-minute call at 6.30 a.m. in all four U.S. time zones. To learn more, go to org slash member and join for free today. All right, so all this being
1: said, and we're excited now, I get to distribute things justly, make sure that I've got five targets on what that means. But the, I ha, we haven't answered the essential question that's on so many of your minds and that you're looking at this saying, ah, yes, but doesn't justice kind of, isn't justice unjust to the one who's trying to be just, <laughs> right? Is that, old, is that old saying, nice guys finish last. And you're like, I don't want to be a nice guy. The nice guys out there trying to make, but what about the other people who aren't even working? Or what about the other people who aren't even trying? And I'm supposed to sit here being the one to help them all out because I watched It's a Wonderful Life one too many times, right? Like it, it, because it, it, and that can be in our minds and it can kind of sap our strength because when, a money, when it really hits the road, rubber really hits the road, we have to, we have to sacrifice to be just And in order to make that sacrifice, you have to be convinced of its value. This is where the church comes in in paragraph 56 and gives something that I think could really help. It says, let's remember that how we define justice. It says, this principle urges business leaders to consider the distributive effect of the way they set prices, allocate wages, share ownership, distribute dividends, manage payables, and so on. Their decisions should aim not at an equal, but at a just distribution of wealth, which meets people's needs, rewards their contributions and risks. Note that, all right? And preserves and promotes the organization's financial health. Ah, so it's actually a bit of a bigger picture, isn't it? It's not just that everybody's supposed to have an equal share of what I've got. Because again, not everyone contributed equally to the effort. And the church is like, no, no, no. When we say just, we don't mean at the same amount to everyone. We mean that a person should get according to what is due to them, to respect and to love what is due to another. That's the kind of the philosophical basis of justice. And that allows me to understand the deeper way of doing this. In order, in other words, for me to really be just to my workers, I need to create and maintain a beautiful working environment. If I'm going to ask people, in other words, to invest themselves for what I'm doing, what we're doing together, well, is having a nice couch? Really somehow a violation of the rights and the and the duties that are owned to the poor? That my workers have a clean and pleasant environment with some plants in it. I don't know. You can just imagine, I mean, commercial furniture, it costs a lot of money. Like now now, that's a whole business in itself, right? They're like, well, it's a business. We're gonna charge them five times that, right? So and do that, well, should I invest in commercial furniture? Should I give my employees desks that they can lay, raise up or sit down on? Is it really important to have an office space that's as nice as as it is and obviously you can go too far in that but it's also a matter of justice well yes we should why because our business is wonderful and we're doing a heck of a lot of good for other people why shouldn't the business itself sustain itself as a place that's worth working in a place that actually inspires people to do great things well so it's like yes there's the balance point that's why you're the leader you are amazing in your intellectual power to understand these things and to walk that fine line, right? And the church is saying that, saying, yes, you have to take care of your organization's financial health. You also have to reward the, uh, the contributions and risks of people differently. Not everybody is, has the same level of, of authority and responsibility. All right, so all this, this is really great, but where does it really resonate in our hearts and what's the importance? I want you just to capture for a second the beautiful dream that Jesus Christ has called you to be the person who will bring true justice into the hearts of those around you. That all of the inequality of our world and the the cries of the poor and the oppressed and those who go without can find remedy through what you do. And and you, in a very real way, if you don't work for that distribution that's fair and just of the the resources and the profit that your energies have procured for the betterment of the world, who will? This is a real call here. Why it's the vocation of the business leader is because to lead from the heart of a productive capacity in our world to lead with that production is actually a boon and a blessing to so many. If your heart stays just where we all have to watch ourselves on a constant basis is when our hearts instead turn into selfishness and where it becomes about us and our own advancement, to a too great of a degree, there's a healthy love of ourselves and our advancement when we recognize that in the end, we're all gonna die poor. (laughs) None of us is gonna be able to bring our money with us. So my job in my life is to make this world more abundant, but then to make sure that those who need that abundance are given that abundance so that they too can rise and become abundant. To fold under the wonderful resources that we've procured and worked so hard for, it requires a heart that's focused on God. And that's why you're here. That's why we exist at the Leadership Network. It's to give you that support to say, God is calling you in your heart to follow him with your heart, to to dare the great things of your business, but to dare them for him and to not think that somehow or other your wealth or your success is the end point. You have a much higher end point, And that's to be one with your father in heaven, basking in his glory and letting your soul expand in infinite love. <laughs> and that, my friends, is worth the grind and all that we've got to do. Don't forget that justice that, because it's going to keep you healthy on the inside and make sure that you hit the real target you're supposed to hit with your life anyway.
0: Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at org. That's info at org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.